One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. While I was a chemical engineer for a period of time, I always knew I wanted to be a marketer. My mom reminds me on when I was 10 on my Christmas list, I had the Ogilvy on advertising book. And she was like, I don't know anyone who wanted this book. I debated going either into engineering or psychology because to me, engineering is the analytical side of marketing or of running a business. And psychology is just my fascination with why consumers make the decisions they make and how as marketers were adding value to their lives. So I always had both of those passions. I went into chemical engineering, though I took all my electives in psychology, and then eventually went back to business school because I found that marketing was the thing that connected both of those. Hi, everyone. It's Jenny Rooney with Adweek, and I'm so excited to be here with Michelle Peterson. She's the CMO of Kendra Scott. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the Marketing Vanguard podcast. Thanks for having me, Jenny. It's great to be here. Yeah. So listen, um, I have to start by saying uh, my daughter, who's 15, is, <laughs> I mean, no surprise, you're shaking your head. Our listeners yes. can't see, but you're, you're shaking your head and smiling. <laughs> I mean, it, it is all she wants. Um, and, you know, the necklaces, the bracelets, I mean, just everything. It is it is so hot. And I think there's actually a funny meme that's going around about what young girls, you know, what's on their wish list. Absolutely. So, I, thought, um, oh, that, I thought that was only my kid because <laughs> I work there. But yes, everywhere. I go to so, middle school orientation sometimes and tell my husband, everybody's wearing an Elisa. And he's like, yeah, but you bought it for the whole school. That doesn't count. I'm like, yeah, that's true. No, no. <laughs> I um, it was, so I live in New Jersey and the Short Hills Mall is very close to yes, where I live. And store. there's a just gorgeous Kendra Scott store there um, with all the yellow boxes and, and everything. It's just such a hot product right now. You've really tapped into um, – you know, it just feels like it's on fire now more than ever. But why don't you start by just telling us a little bit of history about the company, right? Because it's it's certainly been on its own journey. So bring us up to speed with where the company is right now. Yeah. So Kendra started the company in um, the bedroom of her house over 20 years ago. And um, it's just amazing what it has turned into today. Uh, so it's um, a uh, overall, a lifestyle jewelry company. We have a little over 130 stores. We also have a direct-to-consumer e-com channel um, and then sell and wholesale, which is, again, where Kendra started the business. And she really, while she started a jewelry business, she started a company to do good in the world and to give back. And that has been part of the fabric of the company um, those fully those over 20 years, she has always given back. And I think she had a purpose driven company way before that was a thing in marketing. And that is how a lot of people come to the brand. They have a story that connects them to her, to the a way that the company gave back. 
And that's part of the loyalty and the emotional connection people have to the brand. Yeah, for sure. So pe- for people who don't know, explain sort of what that purpose is. You know, what's what sort of what is it seeking to change in the world? You know, why, why, and frankly, why is that resonating perhaps with certainly younger generations as well? Mm-hmm. So she always said that she believed giving back was the truest form of success. And that's what she learned growing up and that's what she always wanted to do. And then, so the purpose is um, to do good in the world. And we now have a Kendra Scott Foundation, but prior to that, she always focused on supporting women and children. And that was a place that she always gave back. And I, I think what what connects with people is her dedication to giving back, but mostly her dedication to giving back on what you care about and we care about together. You, I'm going to an event this weekend in a Kendra Scott store where we're raising money for a nonprofit that a friend of mine set up for his daughter who passed away from brain cancer. And we will give 20% of the proceeds to um, the nonprofit and the foundation that he set up in honor of his daughter. So to me, that's what's very unique about the philanthropy of the brand is that we have important values that we stay within to give back, but then we'll give back to what's critical to you. And we do over 10,000 events like that a year in our stores. It's amazing. Um, But as you said, I mean, she started it, what, 20 20 years ago. I know she stepped down as day-to-day CEO uh, a bit ago, right? A few years ago. Is that correct? She did. She's founder, obviously, executive chairwoman and chief creative officer. So still very, very involved in the brand. Yeah. But what I think is interesting is because, frankly, we've seen other companies that have come and go, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. that – you know, and I won't name names, but one in particular I'm thinking about that kind of had a similar sort of purpose-driven concept and yet is not really hot anymore in the mm-hmm. same way it had been years ago. How have you thought about maintaining relevancy? Because it's one thing to be, um, you know, hot in the moment, but you have to really be there for the long term. And, you know, from my personal vantage point, as I said a minute ago, my daughter's 15 now, and, you know, it is it is, it is is the it jewelry to have, mm-hmm. you know, for 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 young women her age. Um, but how do you stay relevant, certainly for that, but also for, for other age cohorts and, and sort of not, not miss a beat when it comes to relevancy? Yes. I think the strength of the brand is that we are a multi-generational brand. And our CEO would say, and I see this in my own life, you could have you know my daughter who's 15, me and my mom all at a Kendra Scott store or all opening a Lisa for Christmas are all sitting in a room with similar jewelry and none of us um, look silly. It all, it all fits for us. And, um, and again, that was how Kendra founded the company. Like she, all of her friends, her kids, her mom's friends, she was like, this is going to be a brand that isn't everything for everyone, but is multi-generational and connects with the hearts of people. So I think the first is that we're multi-generational. The second is, while we're very con- clear on our consumer target, the priority of everybody in this company is connection over transaction. And we believe in our retail stores, in e-commerce, among us as a Kendra Scott family, we prioritize connection because Kendra's theory is if I connect with you, the transaction will come. It might come right then. 
It might come through a friend who you tell. It might come when you come back because you had such a great interaction with the brand. But that focus on connection almost helps unify our our strategy. You're not so worried about, is this going to be the right ROI? And is this person going to like the right product? We focus on connection. And that um, that's the second thing that I keep, I think, keeps the brand relevant. The third is is a bit more tactical, but this in the last couple of years, we've made a couple of decisions on the marketing side. One is to really focus on bringing in new consumers, and that's this Gen Z and young Gen Z group. It's very easy when you're in the digital marketing game to be, you know, to be efficient and ROAS focused. And while those are very important goals to us, again, we're our my job is to connect with the consumer. So we've made a lot of choices to focus on new consumers, move the marketing plan upper funnel, and really drive that traffic with new people. And that's driven some of the, the brand relevance with Gen Z. And then the second choice in the marketing plan is to focus on earned media, whether that's through influencers, through PR, through activations in real life. Again, this is a connection brand. I Those are the parts of the marketing plan that we've leaned into for the last couple of years. And that's, that's driven this relevant. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I love that. And that's so so explicit and so helpful. You know, you just sort of bucketing it like that. Um, I love all those points you made. Talk a little bit about how you regard the media landscape right now in terms of of achieving your goals um, as you just laid them out. I mean, you mentioned influencers, you know, obviously, you know, TikTok creators. I mean, there's just such a flywheel there of, of, of opportunity and content. Um, and yet, obviously, being, you know, brand safety is so important, especially as you're thinking about certainly being multi-generational. How are you sort of regarding that challenge such as it exists, even yes. as it's an opportunity? So as we look at the business and particularly the e-commerce channel, it's a little bit more clear to us how we're driving sure. uh, traffic in e-commerce than we are in retail, although both of those are very successful. When I look at the e-commerce channel, and I think this applies for the business, about a third of our traffic comes from paid media. And that is both upper and lower funnel, but it's it's you know the things we do to reach out to specific audiences that we can drive. ROAS on and and um, and continue to improve the efficiency and the reach of that. About a third of our traffic comes from our owned channels. And that is amazing because, you know, while they have a cost to them, the services and the creative, 
you know, in general, those are lower cost channels, our SMS, um, email, those types of things. So we're very focused there on telling our brand story and building those lists because those are one of the better um, ROI channels. And then a third of the traffic comes from organic social or consumers, frankly, just like organically typing in KendraScott.com, which I feel like is crazy because no one does that day, does that these days. You start on TikTok or you start on Google to actually like go to the brand website shows the power and relevance of this brand. So, so all three of those channels are important to us. We have different strategies, of course, for them. Um, but that's sort of how we divide up our resources, our time and our money is on each of those chunks of a third. And, and of course, they all, I mean, they're all part of my team because they all work together. The paid team works with the organic team, the, the PR team driving earned media, drives a lot of the owned traffic to the site. So all of those channels also collaborate on similar ideas and influencers. Yeah, I know. That's, that's very cool. Um, let's talk really quickly because we've been talking about the company a lot, the product, but um, talk a little bit about you. You know, Tell me a little bit about your background, sort of what got you to this place here, and sort of what previous experience do you bring to bear on this role? Yes. I always say, while I was a chemical engineer for a period of time, I always knew I wanted to be a marketer. Um, my mom reminds me on as I when I was ten on my Christmas list, I had the Ogilvy on advertising book, and she was <laughs> like, "I don't know anyone who wanted this book." Um, but I I debated going e- either into engineering or psychology because to me, engineering is the analytical side of marketing or of running a business, and psychology is just my fascination with why consumers make the decisions they make and how as marketers were adding value to their lives. So I always had both of those passions. I went into chemical engineering, though I took all my electives in psychology, and then eventually went back to business school because I found that marketing was the thing that connected both of those. Um, I spent most of my career in the food industry in General Mills, really learning classical marketing, a focus on the consumer, and and full business management from marketing to running a full P&L. And then moved into multi-unit retail because I just enjoy bringing a brand to life across an experience as well as a product. And I think Mm. that is so fun to live and breathe and experience, but also a challenge to bring it to life consistently across all of our retail channels and all of our marketing channels. So I worked in hospitality and um, wellness and now found myself in the fashion industry, although jewelry is my love language. So this is this is an absolutely wonderful fit for me. Well, really, and I'm sure the the the, the take homes that you get are just phenomenal. So yes, yes. I told no my complaints. Kiddos, it's good to be us, isn't it? And they're like, yeah, it is. Like, this oh is my working out for everyone. Gosh, yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, my daughter will be very jealous. But um, uh, talk a little bit about how you are as a leader within your organization, right? I mean, I talked to so many CMOs, and and I always like to ask them, like, literally especially as we sort of move into 2024 and, uh, you know, the dynamics, the platforms, the, the cultural forces at play, you know, it's, it's, um, it is, marketing has always been something that's ever changing, but now more than ever, it just feels like the forces and the transformation are, are at an all time high. How do you manage your organization? How do you make sure that they are, um, you know, really keeping up to date with and on point with as many, of the new things happening and unfolding mm-hmm. in real time as they can be so that you guys can respond uh, truly effectively. 
Yes. I think it's two things. To your point, marketing um, has started to move faster and has gotten more complex. And yet this is probably the most simple and the slowest it will be. It's only going to get more complex and the speed's only going to increase. Um, so, so to your point, we have to be ready for that. We, we do that in two ways. One is simplifying things through the eyes of the consumer, and the other is experimenting and being agile all the time. So in terms of the consumer, you know, we're all very clear about the purpose of this brand, our pillars of fashion, philanthropy, and family, and who we're targeting, the, our legacy consumer and then our growth consumer in the Gen Z. So all of that is very clear for the team. And anytime things are complex, we're struggling with a decision, we're evaluating how to launch a campaign, we have to come back to looking at it through the consumer's eyes because that is the one thing that simplifies the complexity of marketing. The second thing is we experiment all the time. I write a, a weekly recap and email recognizing, I have about 120 people on the team recognizing the wins that they have. The email gets longer and longer each week. But always every function has one to two experimentations that they did that week. Whether it's, you know, e-com testing out a tool, whether it's the, the email team changing an audience, the paid team leveraging a, a new tool that Meta has, there is constant experimentation, ideas, content, tools, so that we're always learning how to be better. And it's just, it's not one group, it's not one channel, it's part of the fabric of, of my group, which I call the Bandex group, and, and frankly, part of the fabric of Kendra Scott. She, she, has, she and Tom, our CEO, have incredibly high expectations and always evolved the brand from the very, very start. So yep. our culture enables that as well. How do you think about your partnerships? You know, in the C-suite, you know, what are the te teams, what are the literal people that you turn to the most and you feel like you're working in lockstep with to be successful yes, yourself? I, What's so interesting is as maybe this is true for other C-suite roles, but I think as the CMO, you honestly cannot narrow that down. I mean, the ELT in all ways are my most important collaborators, um, collaborators from the, our chief merchant, Amy Kasturik, who's just an incredible collaborator and very focused on making wonderful product with our design team, which is where all the brands, where the brand all starts. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just launching that in an in a amazing way to Colleen Wilson, who's our head of retail, our SVP of retail. And she drives that experience every day. We drive the traffic, but she's the one who drives that flywheel of the experience in retail. Um, when I'm talking to my CIO, there's different things I'm asking him. Like, I'm more curious about how are we going to evolve our e-commerce technology in the future? Um, my CFO helps me think through traffic and you know, are, where are we improving and what regions are we not improving? So I just think as the, again, it's sort of how our executive team works, that we're very collaborative and all connected. But as the CMO who owns a channel, who owns creative, who owns customer care and customer analytics, all of them are my partners for different questions or issues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another question around collaboration, but this time around, not just internal, but external, you know, how are you thinking about um, celebrity partnerships, brand partnerships? You know, where are you finding uh, the opportunity for aligning your brand with others? And, and what's sort of the process you go through to, to land on that and make that? What is a really important decision? 
Mm-hmm. It, is, it is an important decision when you partner on brands. It's also um, something that given a multi-generational brand, we're very narrow on aligning our purpose and our values with brands and influencers and celebrities, um, but fairly flexible on who that is and how that comes to life once we get past that we have shared values. I was with our Cowboys team last night, and we have just this amazing partnership with the Cowboys and Mm -hmm. have really innovated in how we bring that to life through the Cowboys players' wives um, pop-ups, through things we do in the owner suites to philanthropic efforts we do with them. Um, We partner with an influencer who's Texas-specific. We did a Barbie collaboration. So our criteria on the upfront on having shared values and a shared purpose are very stringent, but then we keep the brand innovating and very flexible because we have a wide range of consumers who are looking, you know, looking to the brand for different things and all, and that range has been successful from sports partnerships to, you know, micro influencers to larger to big, big brand collaborations. So you talked about, you referenced Barbie, talk a little bit more about that. Cause obviously that was just like, I mean, the brand of the year, um, oh, next to Taylor yes. Swift, though, I, I, That's I would argue. True. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that is, that is true. Taylor um, eclipsed Barbie there. Um, <laughs> I mean, Barbie was like completely lightning in a bottle for yeah. many, many of us marketers. The amazing part was our merchandising and marketing and product team actually collaborated with Barbie about six months before the movie. So we had a first launch of product um, that was incredibly successful, that sold out very quickly. So consumers knew to get on it the second time. We also got a good sense of what worked in the collaboration. It really was these two icons coming together. Barbie is an icon. And then our icons, our Danielle earrings, our Elisa, those were the things that did so well in the first collaboration. And so then, you know, when we launched, I think we had really optimized the product And again, consumers had seen it from us and knew that it was going to sell out really, really quickly. Mm, So, so, so cool. Um, What are you paying attention to as we move into 2024? Let's start with just consumer insights. You know, where do you think, where are you noticing spending habits? You know, I'm sure you watch a lot of the shifts, you know, around um, where, where, where consumers are are spending discretionary income and where they're sort of, you know, where they want to splurge, where they want to invest, what, how is all that data informed? What are you paying attention to and how is it informing um, how you're planning out the next year? Yeah, it's one of the things, again, that we've always been very connected to at KS. One, you know, Kendra sold to the consumers in the beginning, so she was very close to them. But also as a retail company, you tend to be very close to the consumer. You know, I spend a couple days a week in the stores to have that um, connection. There are a couple trends that we see that um, I also think are, are promising for the business that will continue to accelerate in 2024. The first is this, this almost omni-channel dynamic. Post the pandemic, you know, gone is needing to go to a retail store to buy something. That's not why you're making that trip. So we find there's a very sort of convenient focused consumer on e-com and we need to have that journey available for her. She knows what she wants. She's got to check out quickly and make that happen. And then there's this this experiential consumer that frankly is across both e-com and retail and through, you know, technology on e-com, through really this idea of entertainment and events, we've continued to elevate the experience in both retail and e-commerce and 
Um, I think for sure consumers will continue to look for that. Um, the second thing that, again, is, you know, a post-pandemic trend that we all see, but is particularly impactful in the fashion industry is this idea that you know, the, the athleisurefication of everything, <laughs> whether it's, you know, my work clothes or athleisure, I spend more time in my leggings. And that's opened up very different opportunities for us. You know, it used yeah. to be that our more fashion holiday sparkly jewelry was just something you wore to an occasion. And now, you know, our big Mickey hoops that our celebrities wore, one of the celebrities had it with a white t-shirt and jeans because, you know, everything is so much more casual and consumers look to jewelry to add that special, I want to be a bit more confident or I want to show status or I want to elevate my emotion. Um, So that trend I think has just completely opened up the industry. I and love that. Lastly, we, you know, we see particularly this year, I think we've benefited from it, but we see as consumers' wallets are, are tightening, there's really a, a look towards more accessible luxury. And that is what Kendra always stood for from the beginning. She knew that she could bring design and color and real natural gemstones to a category that was out of scope for most people um, and not accessible. And that is the core of the brand, this accessible luxury. And, and we have people who, who it's a, just a wonderful way to gift and reward themselves and other in this economy who have, you know, been able to, to trade down and still access just gorgeous, beautiful jewelry for themselves and for gifts. So we expect those three trends to continue and, And our plans are built on those next year. I love, love, love that. And speaking of like the biggest gifting season of the year, we're in the midst of it now. So get ready. This is our Super Bowl. (laughs) This is our Super Bowl, as we said. We're a little bit past halftime, actually. Yes, 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 um, yes. It's it's been a great season. It's like you said that um, how you started the discussion about all the TikToks where we're on the list with some other of my favorite, favorite brands. Um, it's an interesting dynamic in the seasonality of this business because you literally, the marketing goal, the marketing goal for the whole year is to drive traffic. But other than that, it's to drive brand relevance so that you get on the list in November. And then in November, you capture that lower funnel demand for eight weeks as much as you humanly possibly can. But really the year is about getting on the list and building that relevance. Yeah. Well, you've done it. And Michelle, this has been such a pleasure. Um, my last question, the qu- final question I ask everybody is, who's next? Who should I interview next? Is there somebody you admire, a marketing leader you admire from afar that you don't even know, or somebody that you're very close to that you know personally and you feel is is extraordinary? Um, who should I invite on next? It's top of mind for me because, like I said, I was with our Cowboys team yesterday. But it's um, it's really fascinating how they've built that brand, um, both you know as America's team, but also the philanthropic and leadership part of the family and the brand. I mean, Charlotte Jones is the brand chief brand mm-hmm. officer there, and to die for, and she has incredible members on her team. So awesome, um, and and they're similar to us. Lots of innovation all the time and, and very fan focused, like we are consumer focused. So someone on that team would be incredible. Love it. Then I will reach out to her for sure. Um, and in the meantime, thank you so much. Enjoy the holiday season. Um, thanks for being here, Michelle. And I'd love to meet you in person sometime soon. So let's make that happen. Absolutely. That would be great. Thanks, Jenny. It's been fabulous to talk to you. Thanks so much. 
Thank you for listening to Marketing Vanguard, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Jordan Pretano, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGibney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.